All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of What's What VR. Today we have a number of guests joining us here from our Lay of the Lake. How is everybody? Good, thank you. Doing good. Yeah. So we've got a we've got a room full. Fortunately, I'm not you know there to join you, but why don't we uh, start running through? Um, maybe Dr. Dunbar, if you can start, kind of introduce yourself, what you're doing, and then everybody kind of a little bit of you know who you are and what you do and where you fit. So. Yeah. Well, I'm Trey Dunbar. I'm the president of Children's Health uh, at Our Lady of the Lake. So uh, certainly have some responsibilities at the, at the hospital, but also have responsibilities outside of the hospital and some of our community practices, our specialty practices, uh, you know, and, and obviously our developmental and therapy group. Uh, I'm a neonatologist uh, by training and still practice. Uh, been practicing for about 20 years. So I just take care of sick babies in the NICU is, is really my area of practice uh, when, I'm, when I'm not doing administrative duties. Wow, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know they had a specialty that just went down into the NICU. I yeah. spent time there myself with my kids. So, Goodness, yeah. yeah. Oh, who's next? Oh, I'll go. I'm, I'm Dr. Stephen Felix. I'm a developmental pediatrician. I've been in practice for 27 years in developmental pediatrics. I did seven years of general peds before that. So I'm specialized to work in children with developmental disabilities of one sort or another. I've been here at Goodwood uh, for 11 years, uh, working with the team here, and now looking forward to working with McMaines. There we go. And we know we've talked a few times how about yourself? So I'm at Ann Heinrichs. I'm the director at Children's Developmental Center at McMaze, which has changed our name a little bit. We are now part of Our Lady of the Lake Children's Health. Yeah, we'll have to touch on that as soon as we get one more. I'm Dr. Tracy Olivier. I'm a pediatric neuropsychologist. Um, I was born and raised here in Louisiana, went away for training did um, most recently my fellowship at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I have a specialization in working with kids who have neurocognitive disorders um, and I oversee the neurobehavioral medicine division here at the Pediatric Development and Therapy Center on Goodwood. Um, so that's a little bit about us. There we go. Well I appreciate all of you for making some time and it's I usually end with this. I usually tell people they have more important things to do than to talk to me all day. So I'm just going to clear the air on that first. I so appreciate y'all jumping in. Y'all definitely have more important things to do. But to touch on what Ann was just talking about, Dr. Dunbar, what this is a new partnership. This is new or kind of how it works. What exactly, you know, what does it mean for developmental medicine here, you know, and our area and even beyond, you know, as far as, you know, kind of, this is, this is a big deal, whether people, maybe people don't realize it, but this is kind of a big deal. Well, I think, you know, we would all agree that it's a, it's a very big deal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our Lady Lake Children's Health, uh, we, as Dr. Felix mentioned, you know, we've, uh, we've been doing a lot of care in the developmental space, uh, you know, for 11 years. So Dr. Felix is, is being, uh, is being a little humble, but he's kind of built our program uh, associated with our Lady of the Lake and brought in a good number of professionals so that we can really focus on children that uh, might not need meeting uh, their developmental milestones for a variety of reasons, 
help diagnose them and treat them uh, effectively. And this center here at Goodwood, it's children sent from all across the state to be evaluated and have treatment plans set up. Um, we are extremely blessed in Baton Rouge that we've had the center, uh, McMain's Center for, um, for years, serving the community for almost 70 years. Uh, you know, doing some of the same things, but also doing things that the Developmental Center at Goodwood maybe hasn't specialized in. Um, by bringing these two uh, groups together, we're going to be able to provide, uh, you know, have a bigger bench to be able to provide care for these children here in Baton Rouge and throughout the state. We're going to be able to complement each other well and become a group that has a, a broader portfolio of offerings. And to be honest, we'll be able to grow more quickly, provide more services as a larger group than we could have individually. So to me, uh, I think this is a, a huge partnership, a huge step for children's health as I see it uh, in Baton Rouge and, and beyond. Yeah, tell me, and you know, what, brought that you guys have been in the community for extremely long time you know you guys have been serving what you know i don't know if there is there a particular you know is there an aha moment or you know hey now's the time you know what made this you know you've been at the helm you know for a while you know what what was that that said you know what, hey we need to do this because what it sounds like you know from what you're saying dr dunbar this kind of analogy I used in this scenario, one plus one doesn't equal two. The mm -hmm. two of you combined, you know, this is a one plus one equals kind of four thing mm -hmm. as far as services, but, and what made it, what made it feel right, you know, or that time right for you? The conversations actually began, gosh, back in like 2013, even pre-me being executive director. And we, we really waited for the children's hospital to be built. Um, now with so much going on, it kind of became a win-win situation for our families, for the kids in this community to be able to provide more services. And really at the end of the day, that's, that's why we all do what we do comes down to those kids. But it also was a growth move for McMains because we could do more and be able to reach more children if we connected to a larger organization, but even more so people who had similar views and who cared. And the people sitting at this table with me are, exemplify that. Absolutely. That makes sense. And I guess, you know, if we kind of dive, you know, down into that a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, Dr. Felix, what, what is it? You know, we talk a lot of this stuff, and I think sometimes people get into the, you know, it's where when you talk to anybody in their profession, you know, they talk, it's jar, you know, we say, you know, programs and offerings and help the children. But if we got down into the, you know, meat of it, what exactly is that for somebody who just doesn't know? Well, I mean, what is there here or what is there, what is developmental medicine? Like, I guess. Uh, yeah, like know. what you guys are doing, you know, kind of what makes it, sure. you know, when you've combined forces, you know, is it something, you know, now we can do this and somebody else can't do that, or we're just really, really good at this. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, developmental medicine is a complex area. We work with children with developmental disabilities, our two groups, and developmental disabilities are a group of disabilities of, of disordered brain development. 
uh, occurring from, from conception through people vary on this, but 10, 12, 16 years of age. Um, they, about 15% of children have developmental disabilities of one sort or another. Uh, if you look at the population in Louisiana, if there's a million children in Louisiana, 15%, that's 150,000 kids right there with developmental disabilities. A huge population that has varied needs. And the needs aren't just medicine. We're maybe saying developmental medicine. And there's a certain component of that. You need to diagnose the kids. You need to say, okay, this kid has cerebral palsy. This kid has intellectual disability. This kid has autism. But And then sometimes you say, this kid needs surgery. This kid needs this uh, GI procedure. This kid needs this pulmonary medicine referral. Um, this kid needs medicine to help his behavior, okay? But it goes beyond that because these children also need a broad selection of therapies, speech, occupational and physical uh, therapy to meet their varied disabilities and motor skills, language skills, hand skills. They need testing to see where their skills are. That's where someone like Dr. Olivier comes in to say, okay, this child has weaknesses in this area. This child is weak across the board. This child has very specific gaps in their abilities. Um, the needs help with social work, with uh, other additional behavioral therapy that social workers or therapists or applied behavioral analysis can provide. So these children have a wide variety of needs uh, that require a, a, a team to address. Um, and that team approach, you know, that we both, uh, they have at McBain's and that we have here, we're both doing that. But it's kind of like you said that one plus one is, isn't two, that us working as two separate sites, that, that, that's fine. But when you bring together the groups, that, there becomes a synergy. For example, um, we have the neuropsychology piece here, uh, which they don't have at McMaines, but they have an augmentative communication piece at McMaines that we don't have here. There are a lot, a lot of kids with, for example, autism that have severe communication uh, impairments, and they need some way to help them communicate. And that's where argumentative communication comes in. But they may also have very complex cognitive profiles. Their thinking skills are very complex, some of them, and they need that piece. So now with us working together, we can work together as a team to bring all that together instead of saying, which I have up to this point, oh, you need augmentative communication, go over to McMaine's, or you need, you have this complex seizure disorder, you need neuropsych testing, go over to you know, do the Goodwood campus and get tested there. It all becomes one team working together. And when you have that interdisciplinary approach, care is so much improved. And again, it's not one plus one, it's two or even four. It becomes 50 because now it becomes a much more integrated, holistic approach where the child is cared for by a team that can, even on a day-to-day -day basis, walk into each other's room and say, hey, we need this, hey, we need that. What do you think about this? Is medication isn't working. What if we try this instead? So maybe that's a long answer to say that, you know, there's a broad variety of needs. Working together, bringing together the different services really serves to elevate care for these patients. And this is going to be a, a, a collaboration that doesn't exist in the state at this level outside of outside. That's, that's kind of where I was, you know, thinking along the lines as you were talking. And I think, you know, maybe, Dr. Olivia, if you can tell us a little bit about it would seem you know, even though we've got some separate roofs, but in theory, we're all underneath one roof, you know, kind of now at this point to where it's, I refer to them in my office is what I call like the office drive-bys when, you know, somebody pokes their head and it's like, Hey, you got five minutes and it turns into an hour and a half, you mm -hmm. know, it's just, you kind of get just shot without, but from a, 
from a holistic approach of taking care of a child, it could be literally those uh, sometimes called like red light thinking where you're able to walk into the office and go, you know, I had this thought, I had this idea and you've got the group right there and it's not calling to another business or like, do you have time for a meeting or just kind of pushing someone and saying it never all shows up. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but it never always shows up in the paper chart, right. Or the electronic chart. You've got to know more. And it would seem that's where we're getting this scale that it's people can collaborate. If you're grabbing lunch with somebody, is that kind of where I'm getting the right direction? And I think that's one of the challenges of growth, particularly in a healthcare system, is that the bigger you grow, um, the faster you grow, the more tempting or the more it lends itself to silos of care. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. One is just the number of people that are working to provide care for a child or a patient. Um, then you have different locations. You have a complex medical system that takes a lot of time to sit there and document um, that's something that we have worked uh, have kept in the forefront of our minds in terms of this, this new relationship is that let's not have silos of care. Let's do as much as we can as an integrated team, because ultimately, as Dr. Felix mentions, it, it benefits the patient. I mean, you can think of yourself if you've ever had interactions with the medical field to where you were sent here and there, and this person said that, but somebody else said something differently. And those things still happen, but when you have everybody working collaboratively, especially if you're down the same hall or in the same building, it just makes it so much easier to get quicker and better care. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is that because of this new collaboration, like we said, there is nothing like it in the state. Um, we were running the numbers, if you remember, Anne, in the very beginning, and we had started um, looking at our history here at the Development and Therapy Center and said, okay, well, how did this come about? Um, Dr. Felix has built the program over the past 11 years. But when we looked back in, in old records and talked to people who had been here forever, we found out that we had started about 35 years ago. And McMaines has been at least 65 years or more in the community. And so when you look at that, there's a combined 100, 100 years of service for kids with neurodevelopmental disabilities. And we were just really proud of that when we realized this is going to be a major, major relationship. Well, and I think it's, you know, as we're talking, not to get repetitive, but it's that conversation to where it, some of this could be, you know, a mental, you know, that needs to be addressed, but then it goes into the physical. And so people maybe, you know, some of these kids, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about, you know, it's kind of on that autistic front, you know, but maybe it makes them a little more comfortable because they can get more procedures or more treatment or more care at the same place. Does that, you know, it kind of make it's, it's comfortable, you know, at that point, you know, it's like, we're used to going there. I'm used to seeing, or, Hey, can you help? We've got, you know, XYZ patient coming in, you know, maybe they're not on your schedule that day, but you're able to just pop in and say hello, because you know, it kind of helps them move along. And it would seem like there's so many of these benefits that we can't put bullet points down and list that just happen because, you know, of this, I guess. And what's the official, what are we calling? Is this a partnership? Is this a, what's the, the transaction, I guess, that happened? It is an acquisition. So okay. health actually bought McMains. And the idea behind that was so that we could all go into that um, equally together instead of three separate facilities. 
There we go. Okay. So tell me, you know, and maybe this, you know, I don't know if this would be, you know, best for you, Dr. Felix, but from a, you know, we're about to, we're what, about 20, 20 something days away. We're about to hit April, which is autism awareness, you know, month. You know, we hear autism a lot more nowadays than we did before. You know, is this, is, I, I don't want to get into the whole, you know, the medical behind it, but is it becoming more common? You know, do we have more kids, you know, or are we just diagnosing more kids? And then does this help fill some of the gaps and some of the needs that some of these kids in our community need? I'm thinking the answer is yes. I'm not trying to ask a loaded question, but if you could maybe expound on it a little bit. Sure. And I mean, is autism occurring more frequently? That's the $64,000 question. Uh, there's, there's good data out to say it probably is. It's not just a matter that we're diagnosing it, it better and more. It probably does exist at a higher rate. In fact, right now, uh, the current estimate is one out of 53 kids has autism. And, and clearly, I remember in the day when I was an intern or resident in the 30 some years ago. <laughs> Be careful on this. <laughs> um, that, um, it was like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Times five or six. Anyways, but um, that um, uh, I remember that we would be called down to the clinic to see a kid with autism because it was so unusual to see. And now we're diagnosing five, six kids a week here with autism. Like one in ten thousand. Yeah, I think we're calling one in four or five thousand in the eighties, and now it's one in fifty-three. So that's about two percent of kids. And again, if you think about it, that's twenty thousand kids in Louisiana. So, and, and to put that in perspective, if you take all uh, forms of childhood cancers, uh, type 1 diabetes, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis combined, autism alone is more than all those. Uh, so it's a very common disorder. Uh, what is, you know, so it's probably occurring more and we just don't know why. And that's, that's the question. Why is it occurring more? Uh, is it in, what gaps are there in services? Well, I think the big one that maybe Dr. Olivier and you brought up, alluded to, are silos. There's this service here, there's this service here, there's this service here. And sometimes families are driving hours a day to get from one thing to another to another. And I think you probably mentioned your dad driving kids around in a car causes you to turn gray and pull your hair out to begin with, right? He's touching me, yeah. he's not touching me. Uh, you know, um, can you imagine a child who maybe is nonverbal, can't express that he has to go to the bathroom, is just melting down in the backseat, and they still have to make their appointment across town. And so it, one of the gaps is just the, the significant one is just the silos of care. The second one is there's just not enough uh, providers. Um, that wait times we were talking about a wait time just today to assess uh, kids for autism in our specific autism clinic. It's a nine-month wait list right now. Oh, um, wow. And, you know, other, and, you know, the lake has been very supportive of expanding services. We've been able to do that. There are other centers around the country where a wait of 12 to 15 to 18 months is not unusual. So there's just not enough services from speech, OTPT, developmental medicine, et cetera, et cetera. So the shortage of services is, is difficult. You know, the ability to provide all the services they need, uh, especially in one center, and that's going to be improved again, as I sort of alluded to, because multiple kids with autism have 
communication problems if we can bring that all together under one roof obviously these kids are going to get better services in one place so they're going to be able to come to one place and yes it's going to be easier for them to be there and be familiar because yes that's very important for many kids with autism that they're in a familiar place but they're going to be able to get their stuff there but those gaps are there those gaps are real and they're pervasive and they're pretty strong no it sounds you know and i guess this probably is you know back to you you know dr dunbar as you mentioned you know inside the hospital responsibilities outside the hospital and stuff it's kind of put the all-star team together and then now we've got all of this work that's going to be benefit families but a we've got to let families know you know that's there and then to turn around and say well this is great and just like with any acquisition or merger now it's like we got to find the broken pieces and how do we fix this and how do we listen to the families and find out, you know, what do they need? You know, is that your outside the work job? Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that's entirely fair. Uh, you know, and that's a, an appropriate characterization. Again, you know, our, our goal at, at Our Lady Lake Children's Health is to demonstrably improve the care of kids throughout the state of Louisiana. There's only so much we can do in the hospital, as Dr. Felix suggested from a numbers perspective. You know, now that we have these two organizations together, we can be very thoughtful about the process of care. Um, you know, I know the team today, both teams got together. There's a whole lot of discussion about process and operations, but there's more discussion about strategy and future. What does our growth look like? Um, you know, Dr. Felix talked about how hard it can be, you know, how, how rare some of these professionals can be. Uh, I think having a program that is all-encompassing and larger will help us recruit. Um, you know, so I think this is just, um, from where I see this, this is just positive all the way around moving forward. That's, you went right where I was about to go. It would seem like, you know, the deep history that both organizations have, you know, McMaines and Our Lady Lake, but then to combine that to get, you know, and then also with the resources that I think OLOL can bring to, you know, bring to this. Now we've got literally, you kind of said the words of a hub for getting people like, if this is your field, you know, this is where I want to go, which would in turn affect all of the families here in the state, which would, you know, may we shorten that, you know, waiting list window, you know, to get into it. That is because definitely got- the goal. Yes. <laughs> so tell me, Dr. Hicks, how you were pioneering this, at the lake originally, right? Put this together. How does one go about doing it? It's almost like you, it's like I'm trying to picture, you know, kind of you're there and we're like, okay, I'm going to start, we're going to do this. And it's almost kind of off to the side, putting something together and then telling people like, hey, we've got, I kind of built a department on the side and then it grew from there. Well, I, you know, and I was again brought here 11, 12 years ago and, uh, I think we had about 8,000 square feet back then, and we're up to about 21,000 square feet now, and we've added about 50% more staff. I mean, how, how do you go about it? Well, I mean, one, I mean, you part, you, we have great partners with Lake Administration that have been supporting us through the years. Um, you know, obviously, challenges in, in finding finances, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they've been supportive of us through the years and growing the program. Uh, I think... The challenges that every place has is uh, is one, like you you said already, finding the talent. Um, we found a, a great neuropsychologist here in Dr. Olivier. We have some great talent here. 
uh, at the lake. There's great talent uh, at um, at McMaine's, um, but they're hard to come by. So doctors, Dr. Dunbar's comment, you know, if you build it, you know, if you build it, they will come, right? You know, field of dreams, that we build the center of dreams so people want to come here and work in it. Um, so, so that's the first thing is, is attracting the talent. Building something like that, that ain't cheap. Um, you know, uh, there's challenges in reimbursement. This is probably not anything new. I know you mentioned Garrett Graves. We have talked about <laughs> with him about this once upon a life. Um, uh, reimbursement is hard. And so we, we struggle always to, to uh, figure out how to find things and economize and, and make things work. Um, how else do we make it work? Well, so we build it, we, we have, we attract the staff, but I mean, we also have to fundraise, uh, because these things don't come cheap. I don't know any major development center. I don't even know too many minor development centers that don't have vigorous fundraising, uh, campaigns annually. Uh, and I know McMahon's has had theirs through the years. They have theirs coming up at the end of this month on on the 31st um but it's just a reality if you're not bringing money in um you're not going to be able to expand services and you need to bring money in on a constant basis to support this work well and it sounds like what you're saying is you guys everybody sounds like everybody here at the table is got a role it's almost you know you got your day job of treating patients and then you've also got to be you know a business you know leader of how do we grow this from a business it's not you can't just like hey we've got your consultants everywhere you can pick them up you know but it's you guys are the ones that know how it works kind of as you mentioned dr dunbar in the beginning you know so it's in the hospital and outside but you guys are really you know it's kind of hats off to you not only to for what you're doing with the children but also like, hey, we're also going to build a business and grow a business at the same time. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to treat patients at the same time, you know, while we're doing this. It would seem everybody's got two full-time jobs at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, remember, too, we see all children, regardless of their ability to pay and, and what their, their financial arrangement is. So that's one of the things that Our Lady of the Lake Children's Health, along with McMaines, has always done. We take all forms of Medicaid. We take all forms of insurance. We take self-pay. So any child can come to our programs. So when we talk about that, you know, Dr. Olivia, what is the, you know, what kind of patients and what was it, you know, do we have, does this open the door a little bit from your side to where it's like we could treat A, B, C, and D? but we couldn't do this and this, but now we can, you know, is it, are you seeing that there's more that we can do? Do we feel that we've got a whole scope, you know, or, you know, what is it you're seeing, you know, with this partnership that kind of brings to the table, I guess it would seem like that would make this better. Certainly. Um, well, you know, when you bring the teams together, we mentioned there are a few puzzle pieces that we might have here at the development and therapy center. And then a few puzzle pieces that are at McMaine. So, while most of the services that we offer are very similar in terms of the therapies, you know, having the developmental medicine piece or the neuropsych piece here and having educational therapy um, at McMaine, something that we don't have here or having that augmentative communication that just expands the scope of the services that we can provide. 
Um, we talked a lot about autism, and that's one of the um, main clinical disorders that we see in our clinic. But when we talk about neurodevelopmental disorders, it's it's very, very broad. You know, Dr. Felix mentioned it, it starts at conception, and these things happen prenatally and beyond um, because of things that happen to the developing brain. And so that might be things like a child with autism or an intellectual disability or a language delay or a motor delay, but it might also include other, other children, kids with cancer, you know, um, brain tumors and tumors in the spinal cord and leukemia that affects the central nervous system. Or it might be the child with epilepsy who also has autism, who also has a cognitive delay, you know, or a child um, with some other complex medical or genetic condition that's going to impact their functioning in everyday life. And that's why that interdisciplinary team is so important because there are the physical aspects, there are the cognitive aspects, there's the emotional side and the behavioral side, and then there's how they're functioning in daily life. And that's not even to talk about the support that the parents need, which is a completely different phone. Yeah, I was going to say that's, You've got the patient covered there, but then the family, you know, like you mentioned, you know, getting them there, you know, driving around. I tell people all the time, I'm an unpaid Uber driver, you know, starting around <laughs> three o'clock. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, and you know, one of the things that popped in my mind, you know, as we talked about this and as I was mentioning, and kind of everybody having two jobs, it would seem like, and this is, you know, almost a good for you, you know, not a bad for the lake, but it's almost, we're kind of tossing it. It would seem like that this acquisition partnership, whatever verb, you know, we want to put on it, but that would free up a lot of the administrative type burdens that maybe you had to shoulder or a lot of, you know, your team had to deal with that maybe can be lifted. And now all that energy can be focused back towards the kids or recruiting or finding. Have you found, does that feel need? Have you seen that or you it does give there? Me, it does give me a much bigger wheelhouse to choose from. You know, I mean, yeah. just from HR to being able to defer back. Um, Dr. Dunbar meets with me weekly, <laughs> which, which is wonderful because as we've gone through this, uh, McMain's, we're uh, under 25 employees. The lake is 20,000. So you can see the big, yeah, the big jump there. But having that support, um, these two, Dr. Olivier and Dr. Felix and I have been meeting regularly, just working through, talking through processes and all. So that support really from that end helps a lot. Uh, it does help free up. We haven't hit the free up point yet because we're, we're still learning and still just getting our legs, our, our feet under us with all of this. But the potential is so great. And, uh, you know, just working with everybody. So, yes, I, I do think I already am beginning to feel that. And I see that coming. You had me at HR just to send people to HR to have yeah. somebody else. To <laughs> Not have to learn every law and research the whole topic. There's one thing that actually would make things better for the patients. And I'd like you to kind of talk about this, if you, you agree, is you know, our electronic record, uh, you know, just being able to have all the patients on the same electronic record, having them now at McMays have access to schedule online in advance. So there are some things that, you know, just being a part of the lake yeah. has really kind of helped, I think, McMains, uh, you know, it continue to build upon the great patient care mm -hmm. that they've already been providing. 
Oh, absolutely. I always talk about it. I'm a big data guy. And so I always use the analogy. I have dashboards that I look at for our businesses and different things that I'm involved in. It's like, I have to have it on one pane of glass. You know, I need to see all of it right there. And I think, you know, I think Dr. Olivier, you know, that feels, that's got to be a big deal, right? You know, obviously there's the whole, we had an IT guy before, but you got those guys that got to start like transferring data and moving it and all that kind of stuff. But to be you know, ultimately to have it all in one place, just that alone has got to be able to help, you know, improve the patient, you know, quality and what they're doing because you're not looking for gaps or you're not saying go talk to this person down the street and then come back and then having to get on the phone. It would just seem, seems like this just kind of makes sense all the way across the board. <laughs> so, so I heard, and we mentioned it, and or somebody mentioned it, you've got a fundraiser coming up. We do. Yeah. We have a couple. Um, we talked about my, money. You know, it's not, it's not just falling out of the trucks on the side of the road. So, yeah, you know, I will. Still trying to find that tree, you know, <laughs> that grows the money. <laughs> uh, we do. We have something called the Cala that's coming up, but it's March 31st. Uh, but then we will also have April 24th. We have our No Such Thing bike event. Um, backing up to the Cala, it's our California wines and Louisiana cuisine. So we have some wine dinners coming in with that. And then... Uh, wine and just celebrating different wineries that are coming in from California. We have 11 of them that will be joining us that night over at Phil Witter's property at Live Oak Arabian. So mm -hmm. we're looking forward to, to doing that. Our No Such Thing bike event, uh, all the money raised on that will go back to purchase bikes for the kids. And then we also have a canoe trip. So spring is our busy time, which goes with um, probably everybody else in the Baton Rouge area. But the other exciting thing about those programs, the canoe trip, the bike thing, and, and even as fundraisers, is that being able to offer that, you know, we've been limited on the, the kids that come to us, but now we can get that word out to all of our other kids to be able to join us for our canoe trip and and the adapted bikes and get those bikes into their hands as well. Ah, that's well, I did. I was going to tell you, I didn't want to forget the money tree from what I understand is planted in Washington because they, can just, <laughs> that's what they obviously know where it is there because they're just spending it like crazy. So we'll have to call some people there and see if they can find it for you. Um, what, you know, Dr. Dunbar, you know, I, I don't know if enough people, you know, the fundraising, you know, helps. And if anybody can, you know, obviously, you know, we ask them to, you know, donate. But, you know, what is it that, you know, if there was one thing that, you know, you'd say, you know, like, this is where we need help or this is where we need some awareness or this is what we want. Is there anything in particular that stands out to where if we just said, you know, this is what we need, you know, because it takes a community to do this. You know, I'm, I'm firmly, I would agree, if you build it, they will come. But you still got to have the people, you know, in the community, you know, and I've all, we've always said it here, you know, in our public, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And so, you know, is there anything that sticks out? Well, uh, so I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to add a couple of things to it, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I think being able to get the message out about the services that we have collectively, I think is important. Mm -hmm. uh, I want people in Baton Rouge to know how high a quality of care that they have for children with uh, with the developmental delays, disabilities, autism, 
etc. Uh, so just just for the community to be able to value that, I think is important. And I think it leads to to the second thing. You know, we we talk about yes, there is. Um, a little bit of a challenge, uh, you know, in paying for some of these services. And it, it's not unique in developmental, uh, you know, it's in pediatrics. And that's why all children's hospitals uh, fundraise, uh, you know. I've been extremely proud of what the community's done to be able to put the children's hospital where it is. It was over 90,000 individuals that donated to, to help build that facility. Um, you know, uh, we would certainly like to be able to continue based on the value that these services bring to the community and the state to, to, to extend those, that philanthropy uh, dedicated to developmental care and developmental needs. Ultimately, when we look out longer term, you know, right now we're on essentially two campuses, okay? Um, you know, we'd love to be able to bring all these groups together physically with a few other specialties to really have a center, that uh, physical center that could be able to provide uh, very broad services. Uh, so that's what a lot of the team has been doing is they've been thinking about, well, what are the programs? How do we order these? How do we prioritize? Let's put that vision together. And, and then, you know, that's a vision we wanna share with the community and we would want community support to be able to build. Is there anything, you know, it, sound, it sounds like there's, we've kind of talked about, like there's nothing like this else around, you know, with the amount of resources, the amount of people, it's, you guys have put it together. Is there some other place, and I guess I'm going with this from an angle, I guess I'll explain myself first, for the person who's maybe, you know, watching who is not affected, you know, that their child is not affected, but maybe they've got a friend who says, I'm, you know, they've got a friend who's got a child and they hear him, you know, it's, well, what's going on? You know, how's, you know, Jack, well, he's doing this. We're going to be going to Vermont, you know, for this, that we could say, no, don't go there. This is what, you know, this just happened. You know, did you know? And so is there a, for the person who's not, this isn't in their world, it's, you know, like there's, you know, certain hospitals, you've heard, you know, mentioned you did an internship at St. Jude, you know, there's, you know, you've heard people talk, you know, Mayo Clay, is there some name that maybe if somebody was leaving town or to go that we'd say, no, wait, no, hold, you need to go uh, check this out. I think we all probably have a, a certain center in mind. The one that's in my mind is uh, the Kennedy Krieger Institute uh, with Johns Hopkins, uh, separate total physical building connected, uh, you know, uh, they provide a broad uh, array of services. I believe they even have some inpatient services. So I think actually a lot of us have had connections there. So, uh, yeah. But I think in my mind, uh, when I'm thinking of longer term, you know, what is a best practice or those types of things, that's the type of thing that I, I think about. And I'll, I'll let you guys chime in. Too. No, absolutely. I think you're all on that same page. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's just... And, I like guess not to, you know, call them out or, you know, that we're, you know, I think everybody, you know, whether it's those guys, if it's everybody, everybody's got, you know, the children are first, you know, that's what we're trying to help. But for somebody who's, I just wanted somebody to, if they hear that name to be, and they didn't know, you know, maybe they didn't know, or maybe like McMaines has been around, McMaines has been around for so long, but 
and there's so much, you know, you guys have done an amazing job, but it's almost just like we've said, you know, one plus one is not equal to two here. So if you maybe if you tried it one time and was like, hey, we didn't do that or we're traveling to go do this or we wanted to. It's like, let's circle the wagons again and see that there's a lot more to offer. My concern, my concern with that is, is that families, it's less about them talking about going here or there. They just don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. they, they, they just don't. They don't understand, uh, you know, some of the services that are out there, the resources that are here. Uh, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I even worry about some of the healthcare professionals uh, mm -hmm. in different parts of the state, making sure that they understand what services can be provided here, how we can help children mm -hmm. uh, you know, with such a collection of resources. So for us, it's, I, it's about, like I said, it's about getting out there and making sure people truly understand and know. Hmm. Well, I led with it in the beginning, and I still believe it. You guys have a lot more important things to do than to talk to me all day. So I appreciate it all the time, and love to have you come back. And you know, kind of how's it going? Does it sound? You know, this is this is new for everybody. You know, this is not. You know, we're not a year down the road. There's like you said, we're still. I can imagine there's been countless meetings with whiteboards and people trying to figure out well, what how's this going to fit, or where does this go, and who should we contact about this, and so. Love to have you come back and, you know, kind of go, hey, we, we put the puzzle together. And guess what? It's bigger than we thought, you know. <laughs> so. Happy uh, yeah. yeah, we'd be well, glad to. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the time and uh, definitely we'll have you back on soon. See, okay. give you a little runway, make it all happen. Thank all you. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank friend. you very much. Bye. Thank you.